Hello, I'm Paulette Lee, and you're listening to Woman Worthy, real talk about real issues for women over 60. If you're over 60, you're still worthy of being heard. We've all heard, if not practiced, the admonition, don't talk to strangers, stranger danger. Actually, it has a name, glossophobia is not considered a valid threat in all societies. And in fact, the U.S. Center for Missing and Exploited Children, historically one of the leading exponents of stranger danger messaging, retired the term in 2018. So one of my rules, especially for traveling, is always talk to strangers. And that rule has served me very well. And I have to say that I I find it easy to do. I just start by commenting on a shared experience, as in, boy, is it always this hot here in summer? Or asking a question, excuse me, do you know of any good restaurants near here that serve local food? If it's a woman, and in certain societies I wouldn't even start a conversation with a man I don't know, I might comment on something she's wearing. But I always take it a little further than just a compliment. For example, I might ask why she chose that color or something about her culture related to what she's wearing or where she bought those shoes. If the response is brief and curt, I won't pursue it. But some of my favorite interactions with total strangers have been when we couldn't talk to each other because we didn't have a shared language. I'll use sign language, point to myself, make an expression, and then laugh at myself. Speaking to strangers doesn't have to occur in a foreign country. I'll do it in the U.S. as well. You know, it's funny. I remember a man I was dating scoffing at me, saying, well, at least I don't talk to strangers. And my reply was, really? Why not? My guess is that he, and perhaps a lot of other people, are suspicious of people they don't know. Maybe they fear being rejected, or they fear how they'll come across if they speak to strangers or they're afraid they won't know how to continue the conversation, or it won't go anywhere, or the converse, it'll be one of those disastrous situations where the stranger won't shut up and wants to know every detail of your life. But see, I know that when I talk to strangers, more often than not, they have something to offer, at minimum a pleasant exchange, even some information that I'm seeking or didn't know I was seeking, but glad I had, and at maximum, an enduring friendship. And my experience is backed up by numerous social science studies. Joe Cohane, spelled K-O-E-H-A-N-E, author of the book, The Power of Strangers, and of course, I will put that information on the Woman Worthy Facebook page. He notes that while some people do have traumatic experiences with strangers, the majority of sexual and violent crimes against children, and adults for that matter, are committed by people known to the victim, relatives, neighbors, and family friends. Abductions by non-family members, which include those where a child is taken by someone unknown to them, account for just 1% of the missing children cases reported by that Center for Missing and Exploited Children. We actually may be quite wrong in promoting the concept of stranger danger, as on the extreme end, it can create xenophobia, 
an unhealthy fear of other people. Cohane cites university studies that have been done on public transportation, and he says, quote, The findings of these studies have been remarkably consistent. Many people dread talking to strangers, but when they do, they tend to come away feeling good, happier, less lonely, more optimistic, more empathetic, and with a stronger sense of belonging to their communities. Several experts, as well as members of the public who talk to strangers, told me, by the way, this is uh, Cohen writing, that doing it actually makes them feel safer, providing ready affirmation that the people around them are well-meaning, end quote. Jillian Sandstrom, Ph.D., a senior lecturer in psychology at the University of Essex in the United Kingdom, has been studying minimal social interactions for at least a decade. In a podcast interview with the American Psychological Association, she said small interactions with strangers or acquaintances, known in her field as weak ties, can change the way we think and feel for the better. Quote, when I started, I was looking at what I call weak ties, which is kind of one step up from a stranger. There's mutual recognition, so I think that's the sort of tiny line between a stranger and a weak tie. I've been more interested in the ones on the more minimal side than the acquaintances that we see on a regular basis, and we're actually quite close to. So I think the word acquaintance can be really, really broad. It encompasses a lot of people, end quote. The first study Dr. Sandstrom conducted as part of her PhD studies in Toronto is now often cited. By the way, I did uh, write to her asking for an interview, but I didn't receive a response. She and her colleagues stopped people on the street and asked them to help with a research study in exchange for a Starbucks gift card. The subjects had to follow some instructions when they went into the cafe. Some people were asked to be just as efficient and po as possible, have their money ready, and avoid unnecessary conversation. And they were told that this would be good for the employees who wanted to get through their shift as quickly as possible. Other subjects, though, were told that when they bought their coffee, they should try and turn it into a real social interaction, smile, make eye contact, have a little chat. What the studies found repeatedly was that when people came out with their coffee, those who had had that little chat were in a better mood and felt more connected to other people. That sense of well-being and connection to others came up consistently in her and others' research on talking to strangers or casual acquaintances, those weak ties. In a study entitled From Creativity to Innovation, the Social Network, published in 2017, the researchers looked at the role our relationships play in creative idea-making, and it made a distinction between our strong ties, the people who know us well, and our weak ties, those who don't. The researchers' conclusions were that our strong ties, our parents, partners, siblings, close friends, are not the best people to help us come up with new ideas because the less someone knows us, the more willing they are to challenge our creative process. Interesting, huh? 
Let me repeat that. The less someone knows us, the more willing they are to challenge our creative process. And that in turn would suggest that we get more innovative ideas from people we don't know very well. A 2022 online article about this creativity to innovation study, which of course I will note on the Woman Worthy Facebook page, quotes the authors as saying, weak ties increase the chance of creative accidents by providing diverse notions that collide in the brain, unquote. The article goes on to say that, quote, strangers and other people who have some distance from us can offer unfamiliar perspectives, which helps prompt more flexible, creative thinking from us. We're even more likely to give novel insights and fresh perspectives more consideration when they come from someone we don't know well. The article continues, quote, that's not to say that the people we're close to don't have a role to play in helping us with our ideas. On the contrary, the people we consider our strong ties, our trusted collaborators, co-conspirators, and confidants are better for going deep on those ideas. That's because they often share similar backgrounds or perspectives with us. Instead of offering new insights, the researchers add, close connections can help build upon your existing knowledge or assumptions, end quote. In a November 2022 article for Brain Fodder, social psychologist Gauri Sarda Joshi says that especially with the crutch of our uh, cell phones, quote, it's become the norm to avert our eyes when passing strangers, and in most social settings, we tune out or actively ignore people we don't know or recognize. She goes on to cite other studies that show, as she puts it, quote, the small social cost of starting a conversation with a stranger seems to reap a slew of benefits that we never anticipated. For example, she, this is uh, the writer Gary Sarda Joshi, uh, she writes, quote, researchers Epley and Schroeder conducted a series of studies in 2014 to see whether making small talk with strangers was good or bad for people's travel experiences. <laughs> well, we know what I think. That's my aside. They asked research participants to interact with strangers when using public transportation. They found that although people expected that talking to strangers would be less pleasant, in truth, it was more pleasant than sitting alone. The participants also said that they found their commute just as productive and fulfilling as the days when they did something alone. The researchers found that chatting with strangers gave people the same boost that being helpful does. People reported the same emotional benefits as they received when doing good works. Sarda Joshi goes on to explain that the researchers think our hesitation to not talk to others, quote, has a lot to do with not knowing if others want to talk to them. Most people think that fellow commuters wouldn't be interested in having a stranger strike up a conversation. And because of this fear of being snubbed or rejected, most people keep to themselves rather than disturbing someone who may not want to talk. Epley and Schroeder found that it wasn't just the initiator of the conversation who experienced more positive emotions. 
even the recipient of the conversation experienced better mood levels and reported more positive experiences than traveling silently alone, unquote. These researchers also looked at people who talked to taxi drivers and found they not only enjoyed the ride more, but felt time went faster. Well, I have long been a proponent of chatting with taxi drivers. Of course, that's when I'm in the mood, especially when I travel, as they offer an ordinary person's view of local issues, often a point of view I never would have otherwise heard or thought of. One example, I was in a taxi in Paris and the traffic was horrendous. The driver told me there was so much construction going on because that's how the mayor, Anne Hidalgo, won political points by supporting infrastructure and business. Now, I don't know if that's true, but it was an interesting take on the topic. One of my most memorable taxi driver conversations was on September 18th, 2001, when my husband and I were going to the airport in Norway. This was one week after 9-11. We were flying home on the first day of resumed air travel to the U.S. Of course, that was a topic of conversation with our Pakistani cabbie, who said, yes, it's terrible what happened and all those people died, but the U.S. should know it's not liked everywhere. That was an eye-opener. Of course, because I do always talk to strangers, I have many more examples of how valuable those weak Thai connections can be, but I won't go into all of them here. Obviously, we need to be cautious, and to caution young people, especially adolescents, about interacting with strangers online. But overall, when using good sense and cautious trust, I keep thinking of, uh, um, who was it, Reagan, who said, uh, trust but verify. We can even benefit from those interactions, as many of us know from our own social media use. In an earlier podcast, the one called Are You Boring?, I spoke about my own discomfort with small talk, superficial, meaningless conversation with people I frankly neither know nor care to know. However, for me, that's different from talking to strangers. Because with strangers, I pick them. I pick the strangers to whom I want to speak. And I have a reason for doing so. In my travels, it's usually because I want a local perspective or want to try out my language skills. And those conversations are validating because they do indeed, as researchers have discovered, make me feel better. In her Brain Fodder article, Sarda Joshi says, quote, Since these strangers know nothing about us, being able to explain our ideas to them helps us learn and practice how to articulate the smallest of our thoughts. It can even improve our social network by giving us opportunities to meet potential friends, business partners, and mentors. Strangers open our eyes to the world. Talking to strangers also means that there's always a chance of meeting someone who thinks differently from us. Whilst, she's British, some might frame this in a negative way, it gives us the opportunity to understand new perspectives and to learn about different experiences and ideas. Talking to people with different backgrounds can help us understand the first-hand experience of other groups. 
In turn, this helps us become more understanding, more accepting, and more aware of the wide variety of experiences there are out in the world. We become more sensitive and empathetic." Unquote. And then she adds this caveat, None of this indicates that we should bear all when talking to strangers. If someone asks uncomfortable questions, it's okay to refuse answers or to end the conversation. The idea is to have light conversation that is enriching, but not disturbing, for both parties." Unquote. All right, so tips for talking to strangers? Well, they're pretty much the same for making small talk, except, at least for me, talking to strangers has a goal. It could be to simply pass the time or have a pleasant exchange or to try out a foreign language or to glean certain information. Where did she buy those shoes? Why is there so much traffic in Paris? Well, here are some ideas from a May 2022 Michigan Blue Cross Blue Shield newsletter. And no surprise here, they echo what I do. Quote, remember to keep safety in mind first and then start with eye contact and a simple smile. Introduce yourself. This is a straightforward approach and will more than likely lead to a casual conversation with the person to whom you're introducing yourself. For example, hi, my name is Mary. I just joined this gym and wanted to introduce myself to you. Offer a compliment. For example, I like your shoes. Where did you get them? Ask your opinion on something. You can use this strategy to ask just about anything, including, what's your opinion of the 9-11 attack? Encourage someone to talk about themselves. Ask someone about their background. For example, if a new neighbor moved in, ask them, where did you live before moving here? Find something in common. If you see someone wearing apparel from a school, sports team, or college with which you're familiar, you might be able to say, well, no, I can't say this. I was the quarterback of the football team at that school. Are you currently attending? Okay, I didn't edit that. <laughs> Approach your conversations with curiosity and genuine interest. Researchers at Harvard University suggest that people who ask more questions are better liked by their conversation partners. Deep conversations lead to deeper connections. When you share something about yourself with other people, they will feel uh, they'll likely feel inclined to reciprocate. As you carry on a conversation, consider sharing something you are currently working on, have recently accomplished, or are looking forward to doing. Ask open-ended questions. Those will, help keeping, uh, those will help keep the conversation going. Remember your friends now or at one time strangers to you. And that's the end of the quote from the Michigan Blue Cross Blue Shield newsletter. You know, whenever I think of talking to strangers, what always comes to mind are these lyrics from the song Yes by Candor and Ebb, sung by Liza Minnelli. There's lots of chaff, there's lots of wheat. Yes. Might get mugged as you walk the streets, but on the other hand, you might greet that handsome stranger you belong to me. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. 
you've been listening to Woman Worthy, real talk about real issues for women over 60. Tune in wherever you receive your podcasts with new episodes every Monday morning. You can leave your comments by downloading the Podbean app to your device and on the Woman Worthy Facebook page. I'm Paulette Lee. I hope you found this program worthy of your time.